This is 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And now, with their always informative and often entertaining take on the sports news of the day, here are Jonathan Raggis and Jim Williams. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio, and we are rocking out to adrenaline here Monday afternoon. It's great times. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Long-side news, always, Jim Williams. What's going on, man? You were so excited, your voice cracked. Oh, man, I uh, doing the Bobby Brady Jim Williams. And it's time to change. Uh, well, it happens. It goes through that. You go through that time in a man's life. Sometimes it happens, it happens in your teens. In your case, it happens when you're pushing 30. Well, was 20 years ago. So. Well, you, you, you claim it, but uh, so it goes. Wild weekend in sports. A lot to recap, especially in football, and especially in football off the field, per se. But uh, we saw we had a few surprises this weekend in uh, in the NFL. Uh, this just in: the Sixers are still undefeated Whoa. in the NBA. What? That's a lie. Yeah. Well, oh, I, oh, oh, oh! I'm going to get Maury to get the paternity test on this one because I think it's a lie too. Maury? Maury Povich, my main man. We're in a fair. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that's just, that shows you how old school you are. You remember him from a current affair? Yes, right? yes, oh. yes, I am. That's sad. No, but. Uh, a lot to get to, and you, still, you, our listeners, still have every <clears throat> opportunity, <clears throat> time yours, to uh, join us. If you go to our show page, which, well, how else are you listening to us? You sign in on Blog Talk Radio, use Facebook, Twitter, whatever, to sign in. <laughs> you can join us in the chat room. You can bounce comments, questions, whatever, compliments. We really like those in the chat room. You can also give us a call, 347 347- Two three seven five three seven three. Talk about anything NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB. Three four seven two three seven five three seven three, or click the Skype button and uh, have some fun. And that's what she said. Yes. <laughs> so uh, let's get to it. Uh, I guess we got to start though talking about something that didn't even happen on the field. You go back to Saturday. Uh, John Fox of the Denver Broncos. Yeah. He goes golfing with a bunch of his buddies because the Broncos have an off week this week. They had the bye week. And he starts feeling heart attack-like symptoms. And he's taken to a hospital. He has to have a, I believe it's a heart valve replacement, an aortic valve replacement. This is something he knew about heading into this season, but was trying to prolong it until after the season or playoffs or what have you. Uh, Can't prolong it any longer, now can you? Uh, uh, He's going to have the surgery early this week. And uh, he will be out of commission for at least a month, but depending on who you talk to, it could be up to two or three months, which could be mm, playoff time, if not not at all, for the rest of the season in playoffs. Jack Del Rio announced just a couple of hours ago by the Denver yep. Broncos, as we all thought, uh, will be the interim head coach in Denver. Uh, obviously, best wishes to John Fox, thoughts and prayers. Hopefully everything goes well with that. Absolutely. Um, your thoughts on the whole matter? My thought is um, Jack Del Rio basically goes from coaching Byron Leftwich and David Garrard to now having Peyton Manning as his quarterback. <laughs> Seriously, uh, no, it's it's you know it's a shame. John Fox having a phenomenal season, very very good coach. Of course, we wish nothing but the best to him and his and his family, and hope he comes out of the surgery perfect and you know is able to return, uh, you know you know sooner than expected to the NFL. But you know the first thing I got to think about is how is this going to affect the Denver Broncos? Absolutely, because you're you're getting a different style. I don't care what you say. 
well, not that you would say anything against it, but you're going to have a different style because here's a guy who's a defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And he's going to be doing offense again, too. And you've got to believe that some of the play calling is going to be different uh, to a certain extent. And what aspect this will have on Manning and the rest of the offense, I don't know. Now, initially, the concept of win one for the Gipper, if you will, win one for John Fox will be yeah, We've fine. seen that work many times. Right. I mean, they'll win one, you know, in honor of their coach, one or two. But then you have to realize this could be your coach for the rest of the season and playoffs. Yeah. Um, and there are going to be adjustments made. You One wonders if they're going to be the same team, per se, Correct. that you saw on the field these first eight weeks of the season. And, and the answer is they're probably not going to be. I don't think there's going to be much deviation, but there's going to be some. Yeah. Um. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Obviously, the most important thing, like you said, best wishes again to John Fox. Hopefully everything goes well in this day and age where medical procedures like that, God bless uh, technology, are, are commonplace. Yeah. You know, everything should go well. But uh, it, it, it should, also – yeah, go ahead. I know. I'm saying it should, but unfortunately you just never know in, 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 in cases like that. And, you know, hopefully everything goes perfect. We don't want to see anything happen to him, of course. So. But but it also goes back to a story to, – to something that a lot of people have been talking about on sports radio today. Uh, Dan Patrick, among others, the stress that a, an NFL head coach has to go through, and this will segue into the other coaching uh, situation uh, that happened last night on national television in Sunday Night Football with uh, Gary Kubiak in Houston, the stress of being a professional head coach in the NFL. You, you know something? I don't want to say this comes at the, the, the best time, but I was just reading a story in the most re- recent men's journal, and uh, I'm not sure of the writer. It, it came out of a book, but they had about a f- five- to six-page story on this guy who basically lived at the Jets training facility. He was a reporter. They let him come in. They gave him a bunk and everything, and he stayed there. And he was writing about how, you know, when this big winter storm was coming uh, about four years ago, he actually, all the coaches wanted to bunk up and stay and get stuck inside the practice facility so they could go over game tape and everything. I mean, it's, to them, it's a 24-7 job. And you know what? They're, you know, they're living in these practice facilities. They're away from their families. They're not sleeping, especially at this age. You know, in their 50s, going into their 60s, you know, you need your sleep. There's no question about it. You know, you've got to rejuvenate the batteries. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's it's a stressful job, and I'm you know what I'm actually shocked that this doesn't this hasn't happened to more coaches in the past. Yeah, no question, no question. I mean, it's uh, it's mind numbing. Yeah, it, it's it's sad stuff that happens, but uh, obviously the best also the Gary Kubiak who collapsed during Sunday night's affair at halftime. Yeah, and uh, he's still in the hospital as far as we know, and we're not going to repeat what Adam Schefter said because well we actually. Respect HIPAA rights. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's there's a time to report and there's a time to let everybody say it's okay to report. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you know, our best as well after Gary Kubiak. So, I guess we'll uh, look into the NFL games from Sunday. But guess what? You and I both went eight and four. Figure. Go figure. And we picked different games, and we still went 8-4. and four. So, you picked against your Eagles. I picked, uh, who did I pick? I picked St. Louis over Tennessee. You got you had Tennessee, so. But let's recap some of these games. What do you think? The Jets. What an upset. 26-20 to 20 over the now 6-2 and two New Orleans Saints. 
Uh, Chris Ivory was the story for the Jets here. 18 carries, 139 yards, one touchdown. Jim, did you watch this, and what did you think of it? You know, first of all, Chris Ivory. I mean, who saw this coming? Not me, not you. Oh, well, you know, we, we've, we've had glimpses, and of course, he never got the carries. Finally, he's getting the carries, and we're seeing what he could do with the ball. No, absolutely. You know. But this is just a game that scratches my head. I mean, if you're going to look at the game on paper, and we don't condone that you do that because you might hurt your head, <laughs> you would think this is this is New Orleans all the way. And we we both picked New Orleans, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, we did. And I said, uh, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong again like I did the last game. <laughs> you were wrong. It just. And I'm happy to say I was. Yeah, again, Gino Smith didn't have the greatest of games. No, but he was poised, didn't throw any interceptions. He, he, no he didn't make any mistakes, as it were, major mistakes. It, you but know what? This was all defense. Well, absolutely. And this begs the question, where would you rank the Jets' defense at this point in time? Oh, Honestly, I wouldn't, you know, in the top three right now. Really? That yeah, high? probably at three. If I had to go top five, definitely four. I think, and you know what, it's not because of their secondary, although their secondary really stepped up yesterday, and it was the first to see that, and I'm glad to have seen that. Antonio Cromartie would have picked, Demario Davis would have picked. Antonio Cromartie would have had a second pick, but of course it came back on a flag uh, thanks to Antonio Allen. But the secondary really stepped up. But that front four, man, for the Jets, I mean, teams are having trouble stopping them. They are putting so much pressure on quarterbacks. I mean, they sacked Drew Brees a back-to-back plays. And you don't ever see a great quarterback like Drew Brees get sacked on back-to-back plays. That's very rare in the NFL. Very rare, especially in his career and, and his uh, skill set. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're just putting a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. And I think, honestly, this is the reason why the Jets are 5-4. and four. Yes, Geno Smith is, is poised here and there. And you know what? He's not creating a lot of turnovers when he has a game like this. But at the same time, he was only 8 of 19 for 115 yards. That's not going to win you a game. The running back has to step up. And the defense has to step up, and that's what this game was all about. So this game, I give props to Chris Ivory. I give props to the Jets' defense. But I do give a little props to Geno Smith, only for the aspect that no turnovers. Well, that's key. That's key. And, and, you know, as long as the quarterback plays a clean game, you've got a chance. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, once again, the age-old saying I have, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to quarterbacks throwing 50 or more passes, yeah. Breeze threw 51. 382, two touchdowns, two picks. And what did he do? He lost. Yeah. I mean, I know this is a pass-driven league, but if you still throw 50 or more passes, more often than not, you're going to lose Absolutely. in this league. So uh, he fell victim to that little uh, nugget I always drop uh, on occasion. So props to the Jets, who are now, what, 5-4? Five 5-4, and four? Five and four, leaving week nine, going into their bye week, playing, winning, winning football. Now watch them lose next week. Listen, look at the schedule. One loss, one loss, one loss. I, I mean, it's working. So whatever it's, they're doing, I mean, they're you know what? They're able to win some games here and there, and they're beating teams that they weren't expected to beat, like New Orleans and, and New England. And to me, they right now they should have easily been six and three because they handed that that first game to the New England Patriots in that uh in that rainy soaked week two game. So absolutely. Well, you know what? Let's well, we'll we'll, get, we'll talk about New England a little bit later on, and talk about Absolutely. oh my goodness, what a game that was. Well, let's let's keep going here. Absolutely. The guess what? Nine and zero. Andy Reid and the Chiefs, <clears throat> twenty-three yes. to thirteen over the Buffalo Bills. 
it wasn't so much that the Chiefs won this game, Jim, but it was that the Bills gave this game to the Chiefs. It was more a case of Jeff Tool was starting, and I don't mean that as disres—I don't mean that as disrespect to the man because he's an undrafted person, uh, undrafted player. But he threw two picks. He played less than fifty percent of his passes. C.J. Spiller kept him in the game with twelve carries, one sixteen, and Fred Jackson backed his play with sixteen carries, seventy-seven. But again, but they didn't give him the ball when it counted in that red zone. That's the thing, man. You know, what? and that's a league-wide thing. Why don't you run in the red zone? Or teams are throwing in a red zone now than they're running. I mean, if you look at all three downs, you know, just for an example, of course, we'll get to that game later, but at the end of the game, Phillip Rivers ran once to Danny Woodhead from the two-yard line and threw for the next two plays, forcing a tie and field goal. You know, what the hell? My my head hurts. Um, my, my freaking, my freaking hurts. I mean, honestly, look at the Chiefs yesterday. Alex Smith, no touchdowns. From the running backs, no touchdowns. Where did it all come from? It came from, uh, you know, Ryan Suckup. It came from a Tom Mahali, uh, you know, uh, you know, fumble return for a touchdown. And then from the Sean Smith 100-yard interception return. Mm-hmm. It was all Bills. The Bills gave this game away to the Chiefs. The Chiefs should not be 9-0 and today. I'm sorry. And we've yeah, seen this for the last few games that the Chiefs have had. They should easily right now be 7-2, and maybe, you know, whatever. So... Well, the Chiefs are going to get their comeuppance, I think, uh, when they face a certain Denver team very soon, just saying. I hope so, man, because honestly, man, this Chiefs team, they're 9-0, and and it looks great down on paper, but they're not playing 9-0 and football. And I, I, uh, I take offense to that. I, I think we did a, did a good job out there. And uh, <clears throat> take a look at the records. Um, we're the only un- unbeaten team. Um, <clears throat> I've got a good uh, rack of uh, ribs after the game, and... Uh, um, I have to do a better job finishing them off because, as you can see, I've got some uh, <clears throat> entrails of uh, sauce in my mustache, so I got to fix that. <clears throat> Time chores. Oh man, that's pretty funny. Yes, it is. Entrails of sauce. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen, as you go to sleep. Yes, entrails right. of sauce. The Chiefs aren't nine and zero in my book, but anyway, let's go to the next game, and that is the Minnesota Vikings. Now one and seven, losing twenty-seven to twenty-three to the now five and four Dallas Cowboys. What did you think of this one, man? Well, we saw vintage Tony Romo and vintage Tony Romo, uh, you know, redeem himself mm-hmm. because he threw a late interception that should have probably cost his team the game, only to get everything right, uh, righted and uh, hooking up. I believe it was with Jason Witten for the game-winning touchdown. Yes. Uh, in, in the final, uh, final couple of actually, no, it was uh, Dwayne Harris. Or Dwayne Harris, excuse me. Uh, Dwayne Harris. My 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 bad, my main excuse me. Is Dwayne Harris your main man? Um since he plays for Dallas, that would be a no. <laughs> but uh Christian Ponder was all right, two hundred thirty six yards, a touchdown of the pick, and look who came out from a coma, and that's wrong of me to say. Ooh. Adrian Peterson running for one forty and a touchdown. Uh but but Romo you know, he's always gonna have the knock about him and he deserves it. In the clutch, when the game's on the line, he's probably the quarterback I least want to have starting under center. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because he, he just chokes. He's a choke artist. He's a choke artist. But And uh, and also another reason they probably should have lost this game, Des Bryant committing a couple of stupid penalties, whipping the helmet off and all that. You would think he would learn by accident. You would think, but no. But no. Uh, it's a game that could have went either way. Minnesota could have easily won this football game, but Dallas lucked it out in the end. If, if I tell you what, if it was in Minnesota, it probably would have been twenty-seven, twenty-three the other way. Yeah, I truly believe. 
But again, this tells you uh, the embodiment of the NFC least. I mean East, the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on there? But uh, actually, I think we've got a segue here from talking about the Dallas Cowboys because I'm sick of talking about them. We've got somebody on the line to talk a little round ball rock with us. Absolutely, we do. It's uh, time for some NBA talk, and joining us right now is former NBA player Billy Owens. Billy, how you doing, man? Hey, good. How you doing? We're doing real good. Thanks for joining us and taking the time out of your schedule to be here today. Great to have you on. Oh, thank, thank you, thank you. Sure, I came out, just came out from getting a little workout, trying to stay in shape. <laughs> are you, so, are you still in plain shape or what? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm probably 20 pounds overweight right now. <laughs> uh. That's right. Well, you know what? We were going to talk a little uh, current NBA with you, but, uh, you know, first, you know, let's talk a little bit about your career coming out of Syracuse and playing with the likes of the Golden State Warriors, uh, the Miami Heat. A lot of people, you know, really took a liking to your style of play, uh, you know, while you were playing with uh, Syracuse. Uh, so, you know, let me ask you, out of all the teams that you have played for, going from the Warriors to the Heat, you know, to Seattle, and I know Jim's got a question uh, for you about the Supersonics, um, right. you know, which was your best and most memorable stop in your mind? I, I, I say Golden State. Golden State mm-hmm. being young, injury-free <laughs> for the most part. It was just, yeah. you know, my dream came true. I got drafted by Sacramento Kings, which didn't work out, and then got traded for Mitch Richmond. And, and then I actually went with um, – with, um, Getting to Golden State. Go so Golden State, go with Chris Webber, Chris Webber, Chris Mullins, Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway, so probably the best team. Yeah, absolutely. Is that one of the reasons why you returned to Golden State back in 2000? Or? No, I had no choice. They traded me back. <laughs> That's the thing about the NBA. You you had no say-so where you go. <laughs> well, at least back then. Now it seems a lot of people have saying where they go now. So. All right. <laughs> Jim, I got a uh, question for uh, Billy about uh, Seattle. Why don't you get to that one on that one? Well, well, definitely, definitely. I mean, you spend a cup of coffee, for lack of better terms, with the with the Supersonics, and I keep going back to the one thing in my mind. I keep hearing as we now know, of course, David Stern getting ready to uh, exit as commissioner, uh, a czar, if you will, of the NBA. One of the main things he wants to get done is to bring a team back to Seattle. You were there near the end of the road in Seattle, so you knew what it was like playing at the Key Arena, playing in front of the Seattle fan base. Do you truly believe that Seattle can once again support an NBA franchise in the not-too-distant future? I think they can. You know, they they got um, great fan support there. They, they They loved, I know, playing against Gary Payton and Sean Kemp when they was there. It was just always a sold out arena and the fans love their supersonics. So, you know, I don't know the ins and outs or why they decided to move, but I know when I was there playing, my years playing there at Golden State, playing against them and them beating us in the first round of the playoffs every year, I was there except for when Phoenix beat us. But I, I think it, it's, it's, it's um, capable. I think they should. They deserve a team. And, and like I said, the fan base is, the fan base is great there. Yeah, I mean, you know, they almost had a chance with the Sacramento Kings if that sale would have went through for Chris Hansen. Mm-hmm. You know, me and Jim were talking a little pre-show about that, and I said I think they would need to have an owner in Seattle that the fans could really get behind, and I thought, you know, a Chris Hansen would have been perfect for that. But I am it's glad like that they Paul kept the Paul Allen up there, yeah. Yeah, you know, but, I, but you know what? I am glad that they kept the Kings in Sacramento. They should have, and, you know, I thought that I mean, you played for both of them, so. Right, right, and the Sacramento fans are almost like a college atmosphere. 
Mm-hmm. It's like you go there, they, they really hardly boo boo anybody. They don't boo their team. They stay behind their team 100%. So when I played with the Kings there, you know, it was just like um, – it's like a college atmosphere. They just loved their loved their players. If he was the number one player to the 15th player on the team, they loved everybody. And, and everything that fan base in Sacramento, and, and you can attest, that has been through over the last, let's say, five years especially, where you keep hearing, well, this is going to be their final year in the league. Well, this is going to be their final year in the league. And now they're going to get a new arena situated in the next couple of years. And, and I guess you've got to give props to Kevin Johnson, the mayor out there, for helping to orchestrate right. and, and keep things going and uh, – Keep that fan base, a loyal fan base, uh, afloat. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Kevin, Kevin um, um, Johnson did a great job on fighting for his, um, fighting to keep a pro- professional basketball team out there, with their support and him getting out in the um, community and getting the fan support. I think that was like the reason why they decided to stay there. And like I said, it's nothing else in Sacramento, so. <laughs> So the fans have nothing else to do but come and, and watch Sacramento play. So I, I, I think that was a no-brainer to keep the team there. Yeah, absolutely. Getting to a little bit of current uh, NBA, I know you and I spoke a little bit uh, over the weekend. You really, you know, haven't really paid attention to the opening season yet. Of course, only three games in. Um, you know, but what teams now, or you know, since you've uh, retired, do you really root for, and do you really pay attention to when you do watch? Well, I root for Syracuse guys, so I root for Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I'm rooting for Michael Carter Williams right now here in Philly, where I'm at, and it's just it's hard for me to watch some NBA teams. I love Miami Heat how they play. I love um, Indiana Pacers how they play basketball. It's just you know I love guys who know how to play the game of basketball and have a great IQ for it. You know I think um, you got some great players in the league that probably could take over a basketball game, but most of the great players, and speaking of LeBron James, he's just an all-around basketball player. And he, if you're open, he's going to throw you the ball. So I kind of root for them guys who are versatile, that can play the game of basketball. And, and, and like I said, in the Syracuse guys, and Michael Carter-Williams is having a great start so far, but people have realized it's a, um, he got 80-something games left. So... <laughs> Is uh, I'm I'm supporting I support all my Syracuse uh, guys, mm-hmm. but it's, it's it's basically I just support those teams that learn that know how to play the game of basketball and play team basketball. Once an Orangeman, always an Orange. Yeah, bleed, bleed orange, bleed orange, Nothing baby. Wrong. I I, want, I I wanted to go there growing up to doing the broadcasting thing, and well, you see how well that worked out, right? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, hey, John. My daughter, my daughter, my daughter, right now. Is trying to get into new house up there where all the greats come oh, from. Um, yeah, That's yeah. Great. So hopefully she gets in and she better get in because oh, I'm gonna go up oh. there and, and raise hell. <laughs> well, I think you could you could maybe say, hey, you remember me? Come on, hook, hook right. me up. <laughs> my, kind of my number, my number, my jersey hangs in the rafters in the dome, so they better let her in. <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah, the carrier dome. He- hello, yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the 76ers. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about them. 3-0 and to start the season. Now, you mentioned Michael Carter-Williams having a phenomenal start to his NBA career in Philadelphia. How much of the Sixers' early success do you attribute to raw talent? How much do you attribute to them trying to prove many naysayers, me included, wrong, saying that this is a season where they're going to go tanky McLotto and just play for the lottery? And how much of this do you really expect will carry over, not necessarily the whole season, but the next couple of months, the the way they've been playing? 
playing good. You, you, they beat um, and from right they beat some good teams, and they beat they beat, um, they beat the Chicago, Heat. Starts. They beat the Heat and they beat yeah, Chicago. Chicago. In between Washington, Washington, less said about them the right. better, but yeah. Right, right. I, I just think you know it's too early to tell. You know, teams mm-hmm. get get hyped. It's like you're playing against teams that you can you can get up for. You can get up for Chicago. You can get up for Miami Heat. Wizards, they they I guess they poured a rabbit out their butt and and came back <laughs> and end up winning and end up winning the game. So that good game well, could have went either way. But I think when they played the Miami and they played Chicago, they played played good basketball. You know, are we are they going to keep it up? Hopefully they do, but it, but it, like I said, it's a long season. And mm-hmm. when starting out the season, they said it was going to um, throw the throw the you know throw the season in so they can get Wiggins. And now they're winning; they're three and zero. So who say they can end up being only winning three games, losing the rest of the game? So it's just early to tell. But I just think that a lot of guys, like I know Michael Carter Williams, loves to play the game of basketball. You know, talking to him. You know, had some talks to him during Syracuse. He just loves the game. He studies the mm-hmm. game. I know Evan Turner loves the game too. And um, Thaddeus Young, he's a um, guy who's just a solid guy. Kind of reminds me of Stacey Ogman from UNLV. He just goes out there and plays. And you know, they got a nice core, but I don't think you know, come crunch time, they're going to be able to handle the Indiana Pacers or the Miami Heat or Chicago Bulls. So I still got those three teams in my mind. That's going to be down the stretch going to be coming out of the East. Yeah, I mean, even tonight for the 76ers, I know they're playing Golden State. I think that's going to be a tough matchup, and I, I honestly think that's going to be their first loss on the season. So, Yeah. Yep, young guys, young guys at Golden State, they're still hungry. And, oh, yeah. And, they're, and they get up for everybody. You know, Miami Heat, they – People say, you know, they're they're a great team, but I don't care. You've been in the league and, and you're playing a team, you're playing the Sixers, you really don't bring it right away. And then mm-hmm. and then soon as you see that you might lose this game, then you try to turn it on. And and, 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 and NBA, it's too late sometimes because guys are just that good nowadays that you can't wait to the stretch to think you can just come back and out of your know, pure talent and try to beat somebody because the NBA players are – you know, basically the same. They're all young. They're coming into the league younger, so they got young legs. And it's sometimes it's hard to beat those young guys when you're when you're down at the and in, in, in late in the fourth. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we're talking with Billy Owens. If you're just tuning in here to 24/7 Sports Hub Radio, uh, NBA player for the better part of a decade with Golden State and Miami, Sacramento, Philadelphia, Detroit. We're, do- we're just going right down the line here. Why right, not? Right, right. Uh, talking about uh, a Syracuse alum again, as he just mentioned, number hanging in the Carrier Dome. Gotta love that. But but these days you're also lending your expertise and your knowledge to uh, you're giving back to college. You're with Rutgers Camden, your fourth right. year as an assistant coach there. Uh, how did that come about, and and, and what's it like, uh, kind of giving back from what you've learned over the years? I, well, I love I love coaching the game of basketball. I love coaching young guys. You know, some some guys around you know near close to my age. It's hard to teach them because they think they know it all. So. I like coaching youngsters. I coach my um, son's travel team, who is, you know, 13 years old. So I coach his team, too. Also coach Rutgers Camden. I got the job with Rutgers Camden because my wife knew, her hairdresser knew um, some guy who was trying to find an assistant coach. And Jason really? Kirk, yeah, Jason Kirkston, he's um, he went to Millersville, and he was the assistant coach up there. And I just got in contact with him and went to visit the campus 
and decided that I would, you know, be assistant coach for them to help him out, you know, developing kids' skills and fundamentally, you know, get kids fundamentally sound because I, f- I feel that's a lost art with our younger kids these days where people don't know how to do a pick and roll. People don't know how to box out the correct way. So mm-hmm. I decided to stay with him. Didn't know I was going to be there that long. I just wanted to help him out and get started. But got into a relationship with some of the kids, some of the freshmen, and just wanted to see. Because Rutgers Camden never won a, never made the playoffs. We never mm-hmm. made the playoffs. And, you know, college is all about recruiting. So it's all about recruiting some kids in there that can change their program around. And unfortunately, that Division Three, you can't give out scholarships. <laughs> so right. you got to go out and find. And it's, it's kind of funny to me because who do you go and recruit for Division Three? where if you're good enough, you're either going to play Division Two or Division One. So it's exactly. going to scout, yeah, going to scout kids. It's like who you look at the kids that don't play that are never get in the game, because if you're good enough to play, like I said, you're gonna play Division One, Division Two. But it's been fun to me. It's been fun. I've, I've been you know going over to practice. We practice eight o'clock at night, which I hate because we don't get out till around eleven o'clock at night. But mm. it, it's been fun. It, it's been fun. My, my basketball sports been in my blood and. I always thought I was going to be a um, quarterback in the NFL one day because my dad was a football coach. I grew up loving football before I loved basketball. Mm. You you mentioned talking about how uh, kids these days, I say kids, quote, unquote, but, you know, teenagers, right. what right. have you, they're getting ready to go into college. They don't know right. the basics. Uh, right. You know, it's almost as if everything they know and see is in highlight reels and, and one mixtape things. Yeah. I can vouch yep. as well, uh, having – uh, having announced uh, at the county college level basketball at Cumberland County College in Vineland for 11, 11 years now. Mm-hmm. And the men's teams I end up seeing, and I'm not going to incriminate the one I'm currently announcing. I'd like to keep my <laughs> keep my job, you know what I mean? But, right. but you can't help but see they don't know how to work the shot clock. They're, you know, they're, right. they're driving down the lane. There's 30 seconds left on the shot clock, and they always put up a jack a shot up for no reason. Right. How hard is right. it to instill the fundamentals? into, you know, incoming freshmen? Well, it's, 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 it's key. It's key because, like you said, you know, it's, the thing I see a lot in basketball is bad shots. You know, mm. it's like why in the world would you take that shot? And the kid has no answer for it. Why I was open? No, you weren't open. You had three guys on you. How was you open? But it's, it's, it, I think it's very important. That's why, actually, that's why I took over um, my son's travel team, 13 years old, because they was having fathers coach. And, you know, nothing against fathers coaching, but if you don't know the game of basketball, I don't think you should be coaching 13-year-old kids because I think at 13 and 12 years old, you can make or break what you your future because if you don't learn the game of basketball, just take, for instance, you go to high school and mm-hmm. the coach says, I right, buy on the baseline and let's do a three-man weave, and you don't know what that is, that could mm-hmm. That could mean you might get cut from the team because you don't know that simple three-man weave or you don't know how to help on weak side defense or you don't know how to deny. So I just think it's very important. Um, There's a couple of things I think is important. Learn how to dribble the basketball. Learn how to play without the basketball. And learn rotations on defense. And and I think you can, there's a lot of guys that had a long career in the NBA doing this defense and rebounding, said Ben Wallace. Yeah. He's been in the league. Dennis Rodman, who's been in the league and, and for a long for for I don't know how many years, but 
they made a career out of just rebounding and know how to play defense. And, and I think it's just important that kids learn that early. It's fundamental things that, you know, all, you know, you hear them, it's like, oh, yeah, obvious, obvious, but uh, you've seen it and I've seen it uh, from our purchase courts, uh, court side. They're missing. They're lacking tremendously. Uh, John, you wanted to add something. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, uh, Billy, I, I I coached my nephew um, in a church league last year, and, okay. uh, you know, okay. I – I came out of CYO, I came out of high school basketball, you know, uh, down in Brooklyn and Queens, New York, and, you know, I played my whole life, you know, basically, and, uh, you know, they do something now that kind of hurt me a little bit and why I didn't come back to coach this season, and I wanted to get your take on it since, you know, you're a guy of high basketball knowledge, of course, so, now, what they do in kids' leagues now, and my nephew's 10 years old going on 11, so to me, that's what irked me the most about it was, they don't keep score. No, you know, no team loses, no team wins, and they had a problem with us making them do suicides and sprints as well, which, right, you, know, right. I, I, you know, I'm coming out of that as well. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's taking away from these kids learning how to lose and losing that, you know, and, and, and basically learning that responsibility, or do you think that's okay now what they're doing with these kids? I don't think it's okay. I, I think, you know, at a certain age, you know, you're playing fourth and fifth grade, I don't think the score really matters. But I also yeah. think that you should teach your kid how to compete. Mm-hmm. And Thanks. if you don't have no reward for the kid, then the kid's like, you know, the kid won't give you everything he got. Yeah. You know, so I think it's very important you keep score. I think it's yeah. very important that you do that. And, and and then when you – kids today at Rutgers Camden, if you're running them, if you're running a suicide or you're running 17s, they think it's punishment. And it's mm-hmm. not punishment because – they say, you know, some people say best athletes are basketball players, and how are you going to be the top athlete if you're not in shape? Yeah. You you got to be in shape. You you have to be in shape. So what I what I do is it's not, you know, I, I let the kids know it's not punishment. You know, I, I tell them I played in the NBA and I played in college. I was All-American, McDonald's All-American, number one high school player in the country, mm-hmm. and, and it's all about being in shape. It's all about being the best shape you've ever been in because there's guys coming for you and there's other guys out there working just as hard as you that could take your place. So it's mm. all about – it comes with um, – actually, i tell you a story. When I went to Syracuse, Bayheim, all he did was want to run, 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 run. And mm-hmm. being a, you know, being an All-American and being a little bit – get my way a little bit, I said, Coach, I'm tired of all this running. I said, I'm not on a track scholarship. And he said, okay, if you decide you don't want to run, which he made me run, and I end up running anyway, but I, I realized that you have to be in shape because, first of all, he said, you're not going to come out the game unless you're in foul trouble, so how are you going to play a whole game if you're not in shape? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. said, well, that makes sense. So I stopped complaining about running and ran, and actually my junior year, I only spent three minutes on the bench the whole year. Hmm. Wow. And that's why I credit. That's why I credit to um, my knees and back hurting because coach he should have gave me more more rest in the games. <laughs> yeah, it, you know it it, it just it, it really irked me coming from you know a background of you know what if you didn't do something right you ran a suicide if you know right. you, you got you got to do sprints you got to run around the court and I feel like we're you know I'm not gonna say we are because it's not us of course but I feel like you know we're instilling. 
I guess laziness and also taking away that responsibility of learning how to lose from, you know, you know, from our kids these days, because now, you know what, they're in, you know, in junior high school and they're playing without keeping score and really not doing the workouts and the routines to get themselves into a better game shape. And now they're going to go into high school and they want to play, you know, they want to play junior or varsity. And I feel like once they start loose, that's going to put a lot of responsibility on that high school coach. And also on the parents, because you know what? Now all of a sudden their kids are losing these games by big scores in high school. I mean, you know what? You see them on an everyday basis. And these mm-hmm. kids are going to react differently to it because they're just not used to it. And I feel like that's really going to, you know, just put a real, you know, a, a real big, you know, screw, you know, into yeah. the high school scene now. So It is. It is because you got to learn how to win. You got to learn to be competitive. I don't care if it's sports or anything. You can be a doctor. You can be a lawyer. You got to learn to be the best. You know, it, 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 you gotta you gotta go out there, and you got if you're a doctor, you gotta continue to read books, to, to learn new stuff. You know, it's like basketball; you gotta continue off season. You gotta continue to work on your game if you want to get better. I, 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 one reason why I took over my um, another reason why I took over my son's team is because he's wanting to allow some of the kids to do some things on the court. He wanted to allow the, the kids to dribble. If you couldn't hmm. dribble, you weren't allowing you to dribble, but that kind of made me mad because who's saying – say it's the big kid, one of the bigger kids on the team. He won't allow him to dribble. And I told the coach, I said, why won't you allow him to dribble because he can't? I said, but you're hurting him because who says he's going to grow to be 6'9 or 6'8? He might stop at 6'2 and then he's a guard and he got to learn how to dribble the basketball. So it's best you let him go now. Let him learn how to do it now or work it with him in practice. But you're, you're telling him not to – not to dribble, so you tell him not to dribble. As soon as he gets the ball, he takes a step and dribbles, and then he walks because you don't yeah. allow him to dribble. So I think yeah. it's very important. It is very important to, to to also get on the kid. If the kids, uh, I, my kids run if they miss layups. If yeah. you miss a layup, you're wide open layup. I don't, a contested layup, I understand, but a wide open layup you miss, we're getting on the baseline and we're running because you shouldn't miss that. And, and you can't get the kid to think it's okay to miss layups. So and, and then, or if if we're running so much, I give the, ch- the kid the opportunity, but I take the worst foul shooter on our team and say, if he makes this foul shot, we don't have to run. So the kid concentrates more when he gets on the line. He might bank it in, and might hit all sides of the rim and then go in. But it's like challenge them to get better. Challenge them not to be um, mediocre. Like mediocrity, you can't you can't not you can't accept that. You got to be better than mediocrity. You got to be. You want to set your bar high and try to reach your bar, and that's what I try to instill in the kids. And we're getting better as a kid and as a, as a kids team and as a um, as a group. Individuals are getting better, and I just think you got to instill them instill in them early that you're a good player. I always say you want to be the next LeBron James, Michael Jordan. It starts now. Yeah, absolutely, man. I I agree with you 100 percent on that. You know what? You know what, before we let you go, we've got to ask you this. On Friday, we were talking a little bit about Allen Iverson, who, of course, announced his retirement uh, last week. LeBron James comes out and says, AI, pound for pound, probably the greatest NBA player ever. Do you agree with LeBron's comments? Best NBA player ever? Yeah, pound for pound, the best NBA pound player Pound for ever. pound. Little man, yo, yeah, I do. I play with AI. Yeah? I play, right, I cool. play with AI with six. I, I think for how, you know, hundred and. 65 pounds, and that's being generous. <laughs> not being not yeah. being six foot six one, and the things he used to do on the basketball court. You know, be, you know, practice. You know, he he gave it all in practice. When he practiced, he gave it all. 
Every time yeah. he stepped on the court, he wanted to be the best player that ever played, and it showed in his game. And he and he he would have died on the basketball court just to win a championship or just to or just to win ball games. You know, mm-hmm. him doing what he did, you know, with you know being averaging twenty six points. You know, I always thought Isaiah Thomas was the, going to be the best little guy who ever did it, but I put AI right up there with him or above him just a little bit because he was just a guy who took punishment on the basketball court, was always on the ground, always everybody, some, somebody always picking him up. And he just loved the game, you know. Not saying that other people don't love the game. He was just special, you know, when it came to that basketball court. So, Absolutely. yeah, I definitely agree. I agree with him. Absolutely. Do you think he makes it into the Hall of Fame? It, it, there's no question he should. Yeah. It, it, it shouldn't be. It, that, I don't understand that stuff anyway. It should be. There's no brainer. Him, there's no brainer. Yeah. You know, like like I, said, I know a lot of people have their. I'm not. Right. I'm not. I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off, but I'm not no, taking it's... nothing away from like Timmy Hardaway or Gary Payton. Mm-hmm. But if they can, if they can get in there, the AI is no question. They shouldn't even put him up on the ballot. They should just give him a pass in. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, like we said, even on Friday, you know, a lot of people have their uh, wires crossed on, you know, who can actually make it into the Hall of Fame basically based on championships. And, you know, unfortunately, it shouldn't right. be that. So. Right. All right. Well, Billy, you know what? We want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule and joining us. And uh, we hope to have you back with us again in the future. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Get, get me back here at the All-Star break because I'll watch more. I watch more basketball, NBA basketball, and we can definitely talk basketball all day. <laughs> all right, great, man. Thanks for John, yes. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely yeah. do that. Thanks so much, Billy. All right, thank you. That's former NBA player Billy Owens joining us. Uh, great interview, man. It was uh, nice to uh, get into a little bit of college and coaching as well because we never really talk about that a lot. Yeah, yeah we really don't. And, it, it you know, it, it's kind of an interesting aspect that yeah. uh, people forget about. And, and again, I, I go back to my current job working at the community college level. Coaching is coaching no matter what the level is. Mm-hmm. And you have the same challenges, like when he mentions the D3 versus D1 sort of thing. We have that here. Uh, Cumberland is a D3 school. We can't get the best athletes out of high school that can't go to, a, a, a you know, an NCAA college because we can't offer the same scholarships that a NJCAA Division II or Division I school can offer. So I can completely, you know, understand and relate to that, definitely. It, it, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, Billy Owens, of course, part of our November to Remember of guests and features here on 24-7 Sports Hub Radio, and it continues on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. Actor, comedian Dave Coulier will be joining us to talk a, you know, hockey, basically. He's a huge hockey fan. Big you know, we'll also guy. talk to him, you know, what's going on with his career right now, if, if he has anything uh, going on, if we're going to see him. And I have to ask him, will there be a Full House spinoff? And we got to yeah. make sure we got an answer from Dave on that one. We're going to get the, we're, you know, we're going to be like, you're going to be the cutting-edge journalist here. You're going to scoop in entertainment tonight. and <laughs> I doubt it, but. Inside Edition, Access Hollywood, which means you're going to one-up my girl, Michelle. Even if he says no. I would still like to ask him, well, if there was, would you be on it? Because, honestly, it wouldn't be a full house spinoff if, you know, if Bob Saget, John Stamos, and Dave Coulier weren't on it. So, True. Uh, but, but as we hypothesized, there are going to be, well, not one, but two, shall we say, who probably wouldn't show up. But we'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Well, we we're going to get back into recapping the NFL games for Sunday. But let's get into this real quick because we got a little bit of news that just came out. Okay. Um, it's this whole Jonathan Martin, Martin Richie Incognito story down in Miami with Richie Incognito now being suspended indefinitely by the Dolphins. But Adam Schefter just retweeted 
Uh-oh. His voicemail to Jonathan Martin uh, from Richie Incognito. Let me tell you, it is the most disgusting, racist voicemail I think that has probably ever existed. Do, you, um, do we have the transcript of it? We have the transcript. Unfortunately, there is a lot of racist curse words and everything, so... I'll give you just... Uh, well, I was going to say, send it over. Or maybe I can clean it up, per se. Yeah, it's... Uh, honestly, just go to Adam Schefter's Twitter account. It's at Adam Schefter. Right. Uh, you know, he uh, put it into... Uh, his his last five tweets are about it. Um, in bullet points, one, two, three, four, and then afterwards, the last tweet, he said that the NFL has now heard Richie Incognito's voicemail of Jonathan Martin. The Dolphins have also heard the voicemail as well. After... What happened to Jonathan Martin and now hearing this voicemail after what G. Incognito came out and said to Adam Schefter just a few days ago, demanding an apology for throwing his name in the mud. Um, I, I honestly don't see how a guy like Richie Incognito won't get banned by the NFL. I'll read it and clean it up as best I can, the, uh, the tweets from Schefter. Uh, the first part, and this was from April 2013. Hey, what's up, you half N-word piece of bleep. Mm-hmm. Part two. I saw you on Twitter. You've been training 10 weeks. I want to bleep in your bleeping mouth. I'm going to slap your bleeping mouth. I'm going to slap your real mother across the face. Laughter. And then bleep you. You're still a rookie. I'll kill you. You know what? No wonder why Jonathan Martin was worried about what this guy was going to do to him. Damn right. His livelihood's at stake. Jesus Christ, man. I mean, I mean Santa Maria. It's, it's, it's un. Believable, and I understand all sports have rookie hazing. I get that. This yeah, but, isn't yeah, hazing. This is not hazing. This is no, no. I mean, but but what I'm getting at is all sports veterans take advantage of the rookies. Oh no, yeah, no question about it. But but this is just too much. But, you know, this making them pay deep. for trips to Vegas, making them pay for thirty thousand dollar dinners, making them wear the you know it, this isn't like you know when going back to you know the Phillies, you don't see. This is far more serious than, you know, making the rookie out of the bullpen wear the Dora the Explorer pink backpack out to the bullpen. This is... Well, you know what? Richie Incognito has a history, uh, you know, behind him already. And, uh, you know, I want to thank Brett Clint Daniel, a good friend, for sending this over to me. Uh, in 2005, Richie Incognito was kicked off his Nebraska team. In 2007, he was cart- partying while supposedly rehabbing a knee injury. In 2009, cut by the St. Louis Rams for arguing with then-head coach Steve Spagnolo. And, uh, you know, even last year, he was voted the second dirtiest player only behind the Dominican uh, Sioux. So, uh, you know, after this, I you know, think dirty on the field and off the field, just like Brett says. So after this, it's going to be first dirtiest because this is just ridiculous. I, mean, uh, I honestly think that after reading this and seeing what happened with, uh, you know, Jonathan Martin, I honestly believe Richie Incognito should be banned from the NFL. What what's interesting is he talks about how he's going to kill this rookie. What he's done is he's committed career suicide. Incognito has committed career suicide. What team in their right frame of mind would take a flyer on him? None. None. So ultimately he'll get what he deserves in the end. So I, I just hope that's the end of this and he doesn't just go stalker-esque even more on this guy after the fact now that he's got no job in Miami and what have you. So... And potentially no job in football. It's, uh, I don't know. Wait, wait, no. There are no words. There are no words. Yeah. Well, Jason uh, Lockin4 from CBS is also reporting now. Once again, I want to thank Brett for sending this over to me while on air that he has used the racial terms um, you know, against Jonathan Martin in many text messages. And he also sent text to Jonathan Martin 
making reference to tracking down his family members and harming them. And also that Martin was right that Incognito wasn't just talking trash and might actually be planning to harm him or his family. I mean, you know, what the hell is that all about? You know, what is going on? Both the NFL and the uh, Miami Dolphins both have copies of these voicemails and text messages. Um, You know, also in the text, uh, you know, derogatory terms referring to the female anatomy and his sexual orientation. So, And and you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I told you this beforehand. Yeah. Uh, before we went on the air, when I first heard about this story, I-, I swear to you, and I'm not trying to typecast or anything when I say this, the very first thing I thought about was, this isn't racist, this is sexist. Obviously, it's more racist than anything else. It's just offensive all all over. But how did I – just tell me how I knew, and I'm saying this somewhat facetiously and rhetorically, yeah. how I knew that some sort of, you know, oh, oh, he's gay, how that angle would come into play knowing the personality we have involved here in Incognito. This is a guy who has so many insecurities pent up and built up inside of himself that he lets them out and lashes out uh, against a rookie player who, from all accounts, hasn't done a damn thing. Which begs the question, wonder how his family and his personal life handles. I wonder how he treats the people he quote-unquote loves if he treats the people he hates like this. Mm -hmm. There are no words. It's it's just it's it's nuts, man. It really is. Um, you know, once again, I want to thank uh, Brooklyn Daniel for sending that all over us while we're on the air. He actually just tweeted me, said, "You know what? I feel like your producer. I'm the Baba Booey of your show." So I gave him the new nickname, Baba Breddy. So that's Baba our Brady, new producer. Flaw, <laughs> flow, high. So <laughs> stop, stop talking about flow. Oh, never mind. That's, that's... Hey, flow. All right, man. Let's get back into uh, recapping these games um, from Sunday. So. Uh, what we did? We did the count. Okay, so the uh, Tennessee Titans with a 28-20 to win over the St. Louis Rams. What did you think of this game yesterday? And, uh, you, you know, Zach, honestly, the running back from St. Louis, Zach Stacy, where the hell did he come from now for the last two games? Dude's slowly but surely becoming a stud right now. And, uh, you know, exactly. And I know a friend of mine who added him to his fantasy team is like, oh, okay. Kellen Clemens is doing the best he can in a bad situation. I don't fault Kellen Clemens for any of this. But, you know, good game, 20-35, 2-10, and a touchdown. But the real where did he come from is not Zach Stacy. It's Chris Johnson. Where the hell did he come from? Oh, is it, is it it's never going to happen again, man. Come on. Uh, uh, never say, uh, okay. It's not, be, it's not, be, he is not running for 150 yards again. Be, in like, a single be game. like your boy's girl, Taylor Swift, never, ever, ever getting back together. I get it. Oh, Hi, Brett. Hi, Bubba. Brett, how you doing? Do not refer anything to me with Skeletor, man, ever again. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 23 for uh, 150 yards and two touchdowns for Johnson, and he had himself the game of his season and seemingly the game of a lifetime by his standards. <laughs> uh, but and, and Jake Locker wasn't good. This is a game, again, statistically, St. Louis should have probably won, but they didn't. I mean, you know, both teams had the same total number of net yards and, and so on and so forth. It's just... Fumbles cost them. Fumbles cost St. Louis this game. They lost two fumbles, and uh, uh, that'll do it to you every time. Yeah, unbelievable. Enough said there. Well, you picked Tennessee, I picked St. Louis. You were right. Winning! Well, honestly, you wouldn't have been if Chris Johnson actually played to his actual form and ran for... uh, How about that? The guy that I picked on on a regular basis actually helps my cause. I know. Go figure. And you knock him every time. Yeah, and I'm going to knock him again. So there you go. 
All right, let's get into this one. The Washington Redskins down in the San Diego Chargers in overtime, 32-24. And as we spoke about before, I think San Diego screwed themselves here by throwing two times instead of running the ball when they were on the two-yard line in the red zone with like 16 seconds left in the game. Unbelievable, man. I think it's time for me to do what is now becoming a tradition unlike any other on this show. What is the pass-to-run ratio, Jim? Rivers threw 46 passes. Matthews ran the ball seven times. Woodhead ran the ball seven times. Rivers ran the ball twice. But then we go get Ryan Matthews, seven carries, four and a, 4.9 yards per click, man. Come on. But you get what I'm saying. He was running the ball good. He was. They weren't even running to keep them honest. No. 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 Just, just you know, not... Not even running to keep him up. And, it, and, you know, it was a game into the, you know, it was a game throughout. I mean, Washington tied the game, and then back and forth they went in the fourth quarter on seesaw. And then, it was a good game, though. It, it, it was it a was. good game. And Alfred Morris showing up again, 25 carries for 121 and a touchdown. But you're absolutely right. When you're in the red zone, you have to at least run once, maybe even twice, when you're in short yardage in the red zone. Yeah, but see, you know what? I think they kind of shied away from it because Ryan Matthews and Danny Woodhead is not an Alfred Morris or a Roy Hallou. They're tiny. Doesn't matter. You don't need dudes, to. but that's but that's the reason why I think they shied away from it and they went. But, they, but you don't know. But you don't need to be in short yardage. That's no, the you don't. But they ran that one time. Woodhead got stuck and you know lost a yard, and I think they kind of scrambled, but. I'm sorry, man. You know what? Have, you know what? Have a third running back down to the team that you that you could trust in the red zone. I mean, um, this day and age, everything is specialized. Why the heck not? Hey, look at Chris Ivory yesterday, man. Come on. You know? uh, yeah, oh, it's your main man. Yeah, that's right. Main man, the black cat. There All right, man. Carolina Panthers. Yes, the Carolina Panthers, who should now send a fruit basket to the New York Jets for down in the Saints yesterday, with a 34-10 to win over the now 2-6, and six, who would have thunk it, Atlanta Falcons. What would you think of this one? Well, Cam Newton's gotten his stuff together. Now hasn't he, boys and girls? 23-37 for uh, 249 yards. Uh, Cam and Newton? Cam and Newton? You like the fig and Newton? He's sweet and delicious? Or whatever. But, uh, no, he, he, you know, a, a good... A, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I have no idea, but that's just got me, man. I, that, you, you're done. Thank you. Thank, oh, thank you awesome. very much for playing. Yes. But, no, I mean... He, there are so many problems in Atlanta. It's not even funny. We could we could be on all day. Yeah. Too many problems. It, it's ridiculous. Too many problems. And you're not problems, and Jim ain't one. Thank goodness. So Cam Newton's on. We got that already. Yes. Matt Ryan's not. The Atlanta Falcons are not. You know, here we go with the balance again. Cam Newton, 37 attempts. The rushing team, 33 attempts. So. Balance. I mean, yeah, Newton threw two picks. Okay, but it didn't. Uh, but did they cost him? No. And Matt Ryan, as somebody famously, uh, not famously, one of my friends actually told me something. Maybe it is famously. I don't know. Maybe they're famous and I don't know it. Matty Ice, the ice is melted. I went one further. It hasn't just melted. It's evaporated away. He, he is not what he once was. Well, honestly, I, I wouldn't even say that, man. He's got nobody to throw to, man. He really doesn't. He's got Harry Douglas. He's got Tony Gonzalez, and that's about it. Harry Douglas is not Roddy White. Harry Douglas is not Julio Jones. When those guys were around, the Falcons started off the season really good. No, no, they well, this year they didn't. Eh. This year they didn't. But, yeah, injuries have caught up with this team big time. Give me Matt Ryan on the Jets any day, man. I'll give you half the team. Okay. 
But then again, he didn't have any targets to throw there either. Nah. So. See, see, that's the problem. Uh, all right, man. Let's go to the next game. And question for you, Jim. Who finished the weekend with a 158.3 quarterback rating? Well, let's see. It wasn't Peyton because he was off. Biden. I did a Sony commercial. Don't mind me because I'm Biden. Uh, it was some guy named Nick Foles. It's time. It's time. It's Nick Foles' time. And he threw for seven touchdowns, 406 yards. He threw one less incompletion than he did a touchdown. And the Eagles steamrolled over the Oakland Raiders 49-20. And guess what, Jim? Matt Barkley got to see three snaps. They did it without LaShawn McCoy. (laughs) This goes against everything I say. (laughs) This goes against everything and they got and they got Bryce Brown into the mix. Bryce freaking Brown. Uh, Chris Brown, the the uh, the the woman beater. No, no, Bryce Brown, the the, Bryce Brown. the, 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 the football beater. Um, but my goodness, Deshaun Jackson, five grabs, one fifty and a touchdown. Racist Riley Cooper. <laughs> what he is? Five grabs. Uh, Bradley Cooper is hanging out with Richie Incognito now? Yeah, frankly, hey, maybe they go to Kenny Chesney concerts together. Oh. I don't know. Uh, or Taylor Swift concerts. Well, I don't know about that. You know, they, they don't like the skeletal-looking woman. No, because no, I know Brett. Five grabs, 139 yards, three touchdowns, a career game for Riley Cooper, a man who many thought would never be on this team after what he did over the summer. I mean, Zach Ertz shows up. McCoy does catch a touchdown, which helps my cause. And Brent Selig even shows up for a cup of coffee. Isn't that adorable? I didn't expect this. You didn't expect this. I mean, although, although, although on Friday I said they were going to win because Foles was back and he's the best quarterback they have. I said it. So, yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing: Foles is Jekyll and Hyde, and you know this, and I know this because we've seen it already this season. He had the one good game, and then he sucked the chrome off a fifty-seven Chevy bumper. Now he goes into Lambeau Field this week, and if you think he even can do half of this, I will give you a dollar in the mail. No, no, listen, he's not going to do it, but then again, Nick Foles is going to at least throw for a touchdown or two. Yeah, well, you know. But this is a game in Lambeau that they're going to have to rely on, on, on Shady. Well, again, how many weeks in a row have they not given Shady 20 carries? I think it's four or five now. Chip Kelly is a bum. He's a terrible NFL coach. No, no, no. no. Did you say he's a bum? He's a bum. I think we've got somebody who can say it a little bit better than you can on, on You're less than a man. That's right. Okay? You're a crumb creep. That's You're right. a real crumb bum. You're crumb a bum. <laughs> He's a crumb bum. He's a crumb bum, and don't you forget it. But... <laughs> and that's Chip Kelly's response, apparently. Chip Kelly's uh, press conference. Chip, Chip Kelly... At, look, no, I'm not going to say it. Not going to say it. No, no. I'll, yeah. Let's just say he's been hanging out with Wilford Brimley from the sounds of things. That's all I'm... Diabetes. Thank you very much. I have diabetes. You check your blood sugar and you check it often. But, okay. <laughs> we're just losing it out, man. We're just skidding. We, <laughs> we're well, skidding like, to the end now. So. Yeah, we're, we're just... We're going to go to hell when we die, in the words of Conan. Um, um, already there. Well, yeah, cause, exactly, because uh, you know, Brett's giving us the business, so that's why. No, but seriously. Seriously here. 
I actually, you know, a friend of mine, I'll drop his name, Tristan Bryson. He does graphics at uh, Fox 29 in Philadelphia. He and I go back and forth on Facebook seemingly every week about this Eagles team. And we're both fans of the Eagles, but the records state that. And I actually laid it out for him on the table. When Shady gets 20 or more carries, this season, the Eagles are 3-1. and one. And the one loss, of course, coming to the greatest football team of all time, the 2013 Kansas City Chefs. I mean, Chiefs, Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Andy Reid's personal They need to work. Uh, personal chef, you know, um, great googly moogly. McCoy has to get, especially like you said at Lambeau this weekend coming up, he's got to get the ball. He's got to get carries if the Eagles want any chance in Hades to stay close to a team that admittedly is depleted but has found ways to get around it, like Green Bay, and we'll talk about that momentarily, I think. Uh, no, we won't. They didn't play. That's right. <laughs> They don't play yet. They play tonight. That's what I mean. They play tonight. All right, man, let's they continue. To win the game. Let's continue to train. And let's go with another overtime game yesterday, and that is now the 8-1 and Seattle Seahawks. 27-24 over the now 0-8 Tampa Bay Thoreau Reeves. And I can't say it couldn't happen to a better person. What would you think of this one? Tampa Bay had this game in hand. They are now they renamed Tampon Bay. The, oh, Wow. Kotex or no? That's not. That's not right. <laughs> this game, uh, they had it. They led twenty-one to nothing in the second quarter. Yep. I was watching highlights. I was watching the Eagles game. They showed the highlights and the cut-ins, and I thought that the people on Fox were smoking the you know the purple crayons again because yeah. you know they you know they're, they're right-wing agenda. They smoke the purple crayons sometimes. Mm. But I, I believe it. 21 to nothing on the road in Seattle, the hallowed ground, and uh, they blew it. Vintage Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is, put me on record, this is the best chance they will have all season of winning. They're, they're, they're not winning a game this season. If they can't win this, they can't win a damn game this year. Unbelievable. I, I mean, honestly, they had this game. Mike Glenn looked damn good once again. Mike, Mike James, how do you run for 158 yards and not have at least one score? That's what bothers me when running backs run for that kind of yardage. Marshawn Lynch done a lot better at 125 in those scores. I know. I, I, it is what it is, but Seattle, they got lucky again. They should really right now be 7-2. and two, but They should be sending some fruitcake to the soon-to-be departing Greg Schiano. Thank you. For making us, helping us save face. Uh, all right, let's get. But this. it does. Before we go to the next game, this does show you that Seattle is, you know, not unlike Kansas City, being nine and zero. Seattle is not the eight and one team that their record indicates. They're really not because, especially on the road. But now we've seen it at home. The inability to play a full game of football, full four quarters is going to be the undoing for the Seahawks team. Maybe not right now, but in the playoffs, you better believe it. You better believe it. So. Unbelievable. All right, man. That's explaining to do. Let's move to the next game. Uh, 26 minutes left in the show. Back. I like how we're going 90 minutes all the time now. It's really cool. Yeah, main man. All right, Cleveland Browns, 24-18 to 18 over the defending Super Bowl champion, Baltimore Ravens. Stop. And can you say the Ravens Stop. are done? Stop the pain. Do not. This is not the defending Super Bowl championship team. Oh, they are in name. Okay, they are in name, but their name is vain and their game ain't the same. Can I get a booyah? 
I don't know what I just said, so don't ask me to repeat it. No. But anyway, the Browns won. So. But Jason Campbell, it's like he has found the fountain of youth. You know, and, and it's about damn time, and, and, I, you know, and whatever. He's got chances before, but it's about time right. that somebody threw him into something where he's actually got some receivers to throw to. And I like it. He's throwing to Devon Best. He's throwing to Josh Gordon. Him and, uh, what's his name, Greg Little connected seven receptions, 122 yards. He's playing good football. Just imagine if Jordan Cameron was in check. Just imagine. I mean, he was held in check. Just one grab for four yards. Just imagine, imagine if, they, you know, if they started Jason Campbell in the beginning of the season, they actually kept Trent Richardson or had a better running back. Mm, you know, one guy would have been the limit. One one would say if they started Brian Hoyer instead, but eh, point I don't taken. Know. Point taken. I know. I think uh, Jason Campbell. Uh, you know, listen, man. He's you know he's got a couple of good games under him now. He played Casey really well last week. That should have been a, a, a Cleveland win in my book. Um, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, he played two good teams back to back now, mm-hmm. and he played them damn good. So. But give it up again for the Cleveland defense. This is you talk about how the Jets are a top five defense. I think Cleveland could be a top five defense right I, now in the NFL. You know what? I think they could honestly be a top five. If not, I think they're in a top eight right now. Top eight, so. definitely. You can make a case for top five because they are they are just you know killing it. They are killing it, as the kids say. Uh, neither team could run the ball to save their lives, even though they at least tried to stay honest with the talk about Skeletor. Skeleton remains of Willis McGahee's career. Uh, just 21 carries, just 31 yards. That won't do much of anything. No. But again, it's it's the Cleveland defense that uh, that impresses me. I mean, they just uh, they stack the deck and uh, and do their thing like none other. And uh, they got to Flacco a few times. What was it? Five sacks, I think it was on the Five day. Five sacks. So uh, kudos. I mean, that's all I can say. Kudos. 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 Hopper. To the next game, and that is the New England Patriots Hopper. five to thirty-one over the Steelers. History was made in this game. Do you realize that? No, this is the first time a Steelers team has given up that many points. Fifty-five in their franchise's history. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers are not Johnny Come Lately team. They've been around for decades and decades and decades. And then you look at the total number of yards they gave up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. Crazy. You know, and I'm kicking myself because knowing how Tom Brady has played, I benched him. Yeah. Aren't I smart? I, I like to think I'm, I'm watching the video as I punch up the numbers here on NFL.com. They were inspired because the, the Broadway Red Sox came out and they brought the World Series trophy like they need inspiration. Give me a break. But um, Rob Gronkowski, or as Mayor Menino would call him, Gonk. <laughs> nice game, nine grabs, 143, and a touchdown. Aaron Dawson, or as Mayor Menino would call him, nah. <laughs> Let's play for the Super Bowl of Cheerios. Two touchdowns. Danny Andola, or as the mayor, all right, I'll stop the mayor, but uh, called another touchdown, four for 122. Tom Brady looked like Tom Brady for once. Isn't that adorable? Yeah, and he finally got his high five. <laughs> and and Stephen uh, Ridley, little Stevie. Two touchdowns, 115 yards rushing, and that being said, Pittsburgh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger had 400 yards passing. Yeah. Garbage time material, but he had 400 yards passing, and he lost. And you lost. Yeah, and, and you lose. Well, here's a little treat for our uh, New England fans up there in Boston. Yeah, the they're hopper. going to. Yeah, the Hopper. The Hopper. 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 The Hopper. 
The Hopper! Hopper. 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 Hopper! Hopper! Shut up! Hopper. One hopper for almost every touchdown in that game. There you go. There you go. See, we care. 24-7 sports hub cares. All right, let's get to the last game last night. If you could get through it. Indianapolis Colts 27 over to Houston Texans 24. And uh, Case Keenum had himself a game. Case Keenum did everything he could except in the final drive. Yes, sir. Uh, and, again, we bring back the Kubiak thing because there is no doubt in my mind him collapsing at the half, you know, again, this is a human element because... That definitely sent shockwaves. Yeah, it absolutely did. You can't focus the same way. And plus, when you have Wade Phillips calling the place, it's going to be a different sort of feel anyway. Yeah. Um, but that being said, Case Keenum had himself a game except in the last drive. I mean, yes, he was 20 or 34, 353 touchdowns. But... Here he is, an inexperienced second-game second quarterback who doesn't know how to run the two-minute offense because he, he, he wasted precious time after getting a first down over the middle, and rather than hurrying and spiking a ball, he sets up another play, and it doesn't go as far as they need to go for Randy Bullock, who may well be looking for a job very soon after missing three field goals in the game that would, well, ultimately be the difference tries a 55-yarder, and he was pretty much Mr. Shankopotamus mm-hmm. uh, in that game. So he was a Shankopotamus. Oh, man. It's like a hippo, only he shanks. Time for a new co- uh, new kicker. Time for a new uh, new co-host before it's longer, I think. Nah, nah. Yeah, I got the hopper. That's hopper! The hopper. But, uh, no, Keenum did a fine job. Andrew Luck, though, you cannot deny he is captain comeback. I believe this was his 10th comeback win in the Amazing. fourth quarter or overtime. He has more than anybody Amazing. in their first year and change in the NFL. He is for real. Face it, folks. He's here to stay. He's for real. T.Y. Hilton hooked up with him for three touchdowns, all three touchdowns. Hey, Colby Fleener, maybe he could be part of the you-can't-replace-Reggie-Wayne puzzle, but you can at least... they got to give him more you know, throws, man. they got to target him more. Colby Fleener is a very good tight end. He very, very much is. And the other key factor going forward, they need to get Darius Hayward Bay into the offense a lot more. Yeah, well, they targeted him six times last night. He only had one reception, though. He needs to get, he needs to get the reps in and practice big time to, to get ready because he's going to be the X factor, I think, for this team. He's got that Oakland mentality. <laughs> Which means he just takes plays off all day. Absolutely. All right, man, we got uh, one game tonight. Who is that? Green Bay and... Chicago against Green Chicago. Bay under the Monday Night Lights. Want a brat? Want a brat? Well, <laughs> well, we're going to go hang out with the best at the top. Uh, all right. Just so before, I can see George Wendt. Before we kick the show off the air. If we haven't already. Or if BTR kicks it off before that. Anyway, let's get to uh, some of the NBA games from last night, and then I'll talk about the NBA games for uh, tonight. So. Yeah, who, you know, all i got to say is Sixers still undefeated. Right. Yeah. Well, so are the Minnesota Timberwolves as they're now 3-0 and after a 109-100 win against the 1-2 New York Knicks. The Detroit Pistons, I said, they're going to hit, hit the playoffs this year, and I'm, and I'm still sticking with that. Now 2-1 and after an 87-77 win over the now 0-3 Boston Celtics. The Miami moved to even 2-2 two and two on the season, 103-93 over the winless Washington Wizards. The Orlando Magic, 2-2 two and two as well. Who would have thought that? 107-86 over the 1-2 Brooklyn Nets and Jason Kidd's coaching debut last night. Oklahoma City Thunder with a 103-96 win over the 2-1 Suns. 
And the 2-2 Lakers with a 105-103 exciting win over the now 1-2 Atlanta Hawks. We have four games on the bill tonight, and that is the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Golden State Warriors at the undefeated Philadelphia 76ers in gym. Unfortunately, I think this is going to be the first loss. Of the no, 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 no. I'm a main man, MCW. MCW is playing hey, great ball, and I have in my fantasy league. I already have one for him. Uh, sorry. Uh, Breaking well, news. As the NFL, the Bills have cut Matt Flynn. Really not breaking, but thanks, thanks, Brett. Our producer, uh, Bob Bob Reddy. So, <laughs> so what I said Matt Flynn was in the league. Okay, I didn't even know, man. Yeah, I, uh... well, Austin and Memphis, and then the late game Houston, and the Clippers on NBA TV. If you're scoring at home, absolutely. Man. I'm happy NBA season's it, back. Well, no, well, well, you're happy. Speaking of NBA TV, and you you called yourself Ahmad Rashad's main man. I, I, I am Ahmad Rashad's main man. Uh, he's going to call in one day, and he's going to let you know that himself. Well, okay, fine, but you did not, you did not watch the return of Inside Stuff. Not yet. I, I have it taped. I am going to watch it and looking forward to it. One of my main men, Grant Hill, not a host. So yeah, uh, my main girl is the co-host. So there you go, Kristen Ludlow. Oh man. Anyway, that's it for today's show. We want to thank former NBA player Billy Owens for joining us. Today, very good to have Billy on with us. Um, wanted to tell him, too, man. I acquired him in NBA Live 94, man. He helped me to the playoffs. So. Oh, wow. You're dating yourself there, man. Of course, man. Wow. Of course. But anyway, it was nice to have Billy on. We'll I'm, sure, I'm sure he appreciates that uh, a polygon likeness of him. Nothing but pixels got you to... Hey, listen, that was a damn good game, and I'll stand by it. I liked NBA Live when it got to the N64. That's when I played it. It was pretty good. I played it on the Sega Genesis, man, from when it was like, I think like NBA Live 92 up to like 96. And you talk about sports video games back in the day, I think uh, the oldest one I played was like Madden 93, so. Really, man? I was playing the, uh, the you know, the block characters on Atari, so. Well, that's because you're 150 years old. I, I saw your birthday being mentioned on the Today Show the other day. Congratulations. Was it Fred Willard? <laughs> Happy birthday from Campbell's Soup. <laughs> so Fred Willard was busy in the back of a theater, and, well, we don't want to go there. You still alive? Willard Scott, you mean. Willard, oh, Willard Scott. Scott. There you go. I'm sorry. Willard Scott. What was Ronald McDonald? The other was from Fernwood Tonight, okay? Yes. I forgot. Fred Willard is the actor, yes. I, yeah. I'm, I, I, know, I knew it was Willard something, and... Uh... Fred Willard. Good Lord. I like Fred Willard, man. Yeah, well... You know, I should have known that I had it wrong, but... Then again, I'm not a big guy. Maybe I'll hook you up with a suite at La Quinta because he does those commercials. Don't you have uh, Willard Scott's hat autographed? He doesn't wear a hat. He has no hair. Didn't he throw it to you at the Thanksgiving Day Parade? I'm going to the Macy's. I don't go. (laughs) All right. It's time to get off (laughs) off the air. Once again, thanks to Billy Owens for joining us today. Uh, On Wednesday, we'll be joined by actor-comedian Dave Coulier, who you'll know as Joey Gladstone from Full House and so many amazing cartoons from the 80s and early 90s. We're really looking forward to that. So if you're a Full House fan and a hockey fan, be all over that. It's going to be a good show. Absolutely. So for Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Raggis. Thank you for joining us on 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And now, cut it out. Uh, Happy birthday from Schmucker's house. Sweet it is, I tell you.